What's up, guys? This is Rampage Fan 420 here to do a DraftKings breakdown for UFC 242, headlined by the lightweight champion Khabib Nurmagomedov versus interim lightweight champion Dustin Poirier. Uh, so, saying that, let's dig in and break down some of these fights. So, we're going to start with the main event and work our way down. Uh, so, we have Khabib at 9.3 on DraftKings and sitting at a minus 435 favorite. And then we have Dustin Poirier sitting at 6.9K on DraftKings, sitting at a plus 355 underdog. Uh, I am going to pick Khabib to win this fight. I think eventually the wrestling is going to be too much for Dustin Poirier, and he's going to start to break down as the rounds go on. Um, we've seen in the past with Poirier that he can slow down in five-round fights. He did that against Max Holloway, and he also started to do that against Justin Gaethje. And he looked like he was on the edge of breaking the both fights, but he found a second wind and was able to come back impressively and finish those fights strong. And he actually knocked out uh, Gaethje. But with this, it, wrestling is so much different than striking. It tires you out so much quicker. I expect that to happen here. I think the first round, the first half of the first round, will play on the feet, and Poirier can probably have some success. Uh, but there's nothing from his past that, gives me confidence that Dustin Poirier can stop the shots from Khabib. Like, Poirier has under 70% takedown defense for his UFC career. He's been taken down multiple times by Eddie Alvarez, Jim Miller, guys like that who don't have nearly the wrestling uh, that guys like Khabib does. And at the end of the day, I think that's just going to be the deciding factor here. Obviously, Dustin Poirier has a huge striking advantage. He arguably has the best boxing in the division and some in MMA altogether. He's on an incredible streak. Uh, Dustin can probably KO anybody in the world. Uh, I just don't see that happening here. This is the first time in his UFC career that Khabib's going to have his father, who is actually his real head coach, and then he trains at American Kickboxing Academy. Uh, but like I said, this, he's going to want to put on a show for his father. I think he's going to stick to the game plan. And as these rounds start to go on, we get in the middle of the third, fourth round, I really think we're going to start to see Dustin Poirier tend to wilt, wilt a bit and I'm picking Khabib to either get a late finish or win a dominant like 49-46 decision where Poirier maybe steals a round on the early round and then fades in the late rounds. Um, Khabib's, if we're just talking about dollar for dollar, Khabib's the best play on the card, in my opinion, at 9.3K. But obviously, if we look at Dustin Poirier's history on DraftKings, I mean, this guy is regularly scoring well into the hundreds. And at 6.9K, if he wins this fight, you can bet your ass he's going to be on the optimal lineup. So if you're making 10 lineups, say you're making 10 GPP lineups, I think you need to have this fight rostered in all 10 lineups. I would do something like maybe go 8 Khabib, 2 Poirier, 7 Khabib, 3 Poirier, something like that. And then I also feel like this fight is basically a must-stack in cash. I don't see many underdogs winning at all this week. So we're going to really need, if you're playing cash, you're going to need underdogs that can rack up some points. And so I think Poirier should be safe for 30 to 35. But I also, I wanted to say he could be safer to 50 to 60, but I just think he's going to be on his back too much. And as we know, you're not earning DraftKings points by being on your back. Um, and there's other fighters around, priced around him that I think will be popular cash, cash pun options uh, that just, they don't have the floor that Poirier does. Uh, so like I said, Poirier makes a great cash punt, but if I'm playing GPP, I'm gonna have I'm probably making ten GPP lineups. I'll probably have Khabib in seven or eight, and then Poirier in the other two or three. Uh, so like I said, the pick is Khabib by decision. Uh, the next fight of the night is a rematch. We have Edson Barboza at 8.5k 
in a minus 155 favorite versus Paul Felder at 7.7K in a plus 140 dog. And in the first fight, this fight did not score well at all, even though it was a fairly exciting fight in the one fight of the night. Edson Barboza only scored 65 points in a win, and Paul Felder only scored 35 points in a win. Like Felder just doesn't have any output at all. So if he's going to score well in DraftKings, he's going to need to get the finish here. And I don't... I'm not going to predict that it's going to happen. I'm going to pick Edson Barboza to win a decision. I just think he's so much superior technical striker. He's going to be the faster fighter. It just my concern with Barboza is that he's taken so much damage over his last three losses. I mean, enough damage to span over a career. And that last KO loss against Gaethje was beyond brutal. That I do have some concerns about his ability to take damage here. Uh, so in general, I'm not going to have much action on this fight at all in DraftKings. I'll maybe have Felder in one lineup and Barbos in one like out of 10. Maybe Barbos in two, but it's this is not a fight you need to go out of your way because uh, I highly doubt either of these guys are going to be in the optimal lineup. But if one of these guys does somehow end up in the optimal lineup, I think that guy is going to be Paul Felder at 7.7K. Uh, but either way, I wouldn't be I mean, I would probably be the highest exposure I would have to one of these guys is like 25% max because, like I said, I just don't see this fight scoring all that well. The next fight of the night, we have Shamil at 6.8K and a plus 400 dog versus Curtis Blades at 9.4K and a minus 500 favorite. And I'm going to pick Curtis Blades to win this fight. I just I feel like the betting line's a little bit wide. Think maybe Blades will be better, like around minus 425, something like that, minus 430. Uh, so it was a little wide, but he has a massive. He has four inches of height, four inches of reach. He has about 15 pounds of weight over Shamil Abdurmakimov, and Shamil's been taken down multiple times in the past in the UFC by crappy wrestlers. And as we all know, Curtis Blades is the best wrestler in the UFC heavyweight division. I have expect no issues for Curtis to get this down to the mat. And even if this stays on the feet, I don't think Shamil has the power to hurt Curtis Blades at all. Curtis Blades, two career losses, both come to Francis Ngannou. So, I mean, that tells you a lot about his chin right there, that the only guy can, that can finish him is Francis. And I actually think Curtis is in a roll here. I think I'm going to pick him to win by a dominant decision, but I wouldn't be shocked at all if Curtis gets a finish in here with ground and pound some point in this fight. And I think Really, I mean, he has basically, besides Khabib, he has the highest upside on the card as far as the 9K fighters. So I think he makes a really, really good cash play and also a GPP play. It just might be tough paying up for him because as we talked about, there aren't many dogs at all that I think are going to win or score well in DraftKings. So it almost makes more sense to pay 100 less to get Khabib. But at the same time, Khabib's going to be chalkier so Blades is probably the better contrarian GPP player for Max entering GPP. Uh, I don't really have much interest at all in Shamil unless you're making over 10 to 15 lineups. So as far as I'm only making 10 lineups, I'm not going to have Shamil in any. So he's going to be a complete fade to me. Uh, the next fight of the night is one of the fights I'm most excited for, even though it might just be a slow-paced grappling match. It's Islam Makachev at 9.2K and a minus 335 favorite. Versus Davi Ramos at 7K and a plus 275 dog. And Davi Ramos is a multiple, multiple time world champion, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu black belt. I mean, he's it, basically as high level as it gets that we have in MMA at the moment. And with 
Islam Makachev, he's a master of sport, international sport, a Sambo multiple times. As far as just pure talent in the lightweight division, in my opinion, he's one of the top five fighters. If we're just talking about pure talent, I think he has that type of upside in his career. Whereas Davi Ramos, I think Davi Ramos could be ranked at some point, but I never see Davi Ramos being can, being in the conversation to challenge for a title. Um, obviously, I think Makachev could get takedowns here if he wants. I, I don't see any reason for him to go for takedowns until Davi Ramos is gassed. Because as good as a grappler as Islam Makachev is, he has put himself in some iffy positions in the past. Uh, especially against Nick Lentz. He put him in himself a guillotine a few times, but was able to defend that beautifully. But, I mean, Davi Ramos is on a whole nother level of jiu-jitsu com compared to Nick Lentz. And if Davi Ramos gets a grab of a guillotine, he's going to finish that. Um, I don't love how Davi Ramos looked in his last fight. There was multiple times he could have gotten his opponent in there out of the fight, and he just seemed content to just kind of hang on and cruise to a decision. It was... He didn't look awful. It was just, I was expecting much more from him. And if you're going to be lackadaisical against Makachev, he's going to make you pay for it. He has a much crisper striking. Even though Davi Ramos can crack, Islam throws more output on the feet. He's more technical. He's a better all-around striker. Uh, I do have some concerns that if Ramos decides to throw leg kicks, it could start to do damage to Makachev because Islam is pretty heavy on his front foot. Um... And Ramos might be able to get a takedown early in the fight, but Islam has really, really great takedown defense. And even if he gets taken down, I don't think he's going to be giving up his back or anything stupid like that, especially to a guy like Ramos. Uh, so I am going to pick Islam Makachev to win this fight by unanimous decision. But if anybody gets a finish, I think it's going to be Davi Ramos. Although I wouldn't be shocked at all that once Davi Ramos starts to slow down like he always does, if Makachev either landed a big shot on the feet or got a takedown of his own and started to work some ground and pound on a gas Ramos. Uh, but I really like this fight to go to decision at the end of the day. And the pick, Islam Makachev. Uh, 9.2K. I don't have a ton of interest, although he makes a very interesting contrarian GPP play off of guys like Curtis Blades, Khabib, and Maribak Tysimov. Um And so if you're, let's say you're making 20 lineups to maxing out GPPs, I might even, I mean, I think a good contrarian route was to be to go, to go overweight on Makachev. But at the same time, I wouldn't be shocked at all if Makachev like, won his decision and only scored 70 to 80 points. So with Ramos, I guess he could win a decision. I just don't see that happening. I feel like he's finisher bust. And at seven point, at 7K, if he wins, he's going to end up on the optimal lineup. So if you're make, let's say you're making ten lineups, I don't mind you taking a shot or two with Davi Ramos, um, but I wouldn't go over twenty percent of him in your lineups if you're only making ten lineups. I think twenty percent's right around good for that range. Um, but like I said, Makachev is going to be my pick to the win. But I don't think this. I feel like there's going to be a lot of clinch battles in this fight. And it just it's going to negate the high scoring that we're looking for. So it's not a must. Uh, on the other side of that, this next fight is one of my favorite fights to target on the whole slate. And it is Maribak Tysimov at 9K and a minus 265 favorite versus Carlos Diego Ferreira at 7.2K and plus 225 underdog. And Carlos Ferreira is probably one of the only underdogs that I think has a legitimate shot to win this fight. I feel he's the better overall MMA fighter. He has much better jiu-jitsu. He's a better overall grappler. He has underrated striking, 
my only concern with Ferreira is that I don't trust him to grapple as frequently as he should, especially in a fight like this. Like Ferreira loves to bang it out on the feet uh, until he can't anymore, and then he's forced to shoot. He, and I mean, the last guy you really want to bang it out on the feet with is Maribak Tysimov. This guy has scary, scary fucking power for 155 pounds. He's really quick with his hands. Has good footwork. Is really nice at setting up his shots. Has solid output. Nothing too crazy. Uh, and because of that, I don't love his price at 9K. Obviously, he could knock out Ferreira early and score 105 points. But is that really going to outscore Khabib or Curtis Blades? No, it's not. So, I mean, I think Tysimov's a fine single entry to three max GPP play, but I'm probably going to limit my exposure to him in mass entry GPP. I just don't. I don't see him being on the optimal lineup out of all the other 9K fighters. And with Carlos Diego Ferreira, I actually think he's going to be one of the highest owned underdogs on the slate, if not the highest. I think it'll be him and Dustin Poirier, the two highest dogs. And the one we know that Ferreira is going to throw at a high pace, and he and he's going to have to look to get takedowns at some point in this fight if he wants to win. So obviously he can get points for the takedowns, and he. I can see him landing his own strikes on the feet. I'm just concerned that he's going to start banging out early in the first round and Tysimov is going to clip him with a big, fast shot when he's nice and fresh and it's going to put Ferreira out. So, I mean, I don't think Ferreira has a big floor in this fight, but I do like his ceiling a lot. And I think, I actually think a lot of people are going to be on Ferreira in cash. And I don't know. I don't. Even, I haven't decided if I'm playing cash this week yet because... Like I said, the underdogs are kind of ugly. And if, I mean, I can send cash. Obviously, people are going to rush in Dustin Poirier in the stack. And I think the other two punts that people are going to go to in cash are going to be uh, Ferreira and then also JoJo Calderwood. And I actually think Calderwood has a safer floor than Ferreira. But, I mean, she is $200 more expensive at 9.4K. So there is that. Um, but all in all, if we're just talking about a pure strictly DraftKings the preferred play in this fight is going to be Carlos Diego Ferreira at 7.2K, solely based off the fact that he's one of the only dogs on the card that has a legitimate shot to win their fight. And also, he has really, really good upside at his price, and he also has grappling upside. Uh, so you add all that together, it makes him, if not the best dog on the card, one of the best. And he's going to be my pick on DraftKings for a preferred play, but my pick to win this fight is going to be Maribek Tysimov. Uh, the next fight of the night, I don't have much interest at all. Uh, it's Bilal Muhammad at 9.1K in a minus 360 favorite versus Takashi Saito at 7.1K on DraftKings in a plus 310 favorite. Bilal Muhammad makes a fine cash play, but I know, and I know he's one of the cheaper 9K fighters, but I mean, if we look at his scoring history on DraftKings, he doesn't have much side at all. I mean, his upside is basically capped in the high 80s. And in a card like this, like like I said, where we have guys like Curtis Blades and Tysimov and Islam Makachev and Khabib, high 80s isn't going to cut it as a 9K fighter, even though I feel he's like one of the safest picks on the card as far as just winning their fight. Uh, he's the better overall boxer. He's a much better wrestler, has more output, has better cardio, has better fight IQ. The only way Takashi Sato wins this fight is if, with an early KO, in my opinion. I mean, Sato looked like shit the first round in his last fight against the washed-up Ben Saunders until he got the KO in his second round. And below Muhammad's five times the fighter that Ben Saunders is. And so I don't, I really don't see Takashi Sato 
winning winning this fight but if i like i said if he does it will be by ko and because he's 7.1k on DraftKings, if he wins by ko i mean he's probably going to score a minimum of 80 points i mean there's a chance it ends up on the optimal lineup this week so like i said i don't have a ton of interest at all in this fight i don't mind muhammad all in cash i wouldn't touch him in gpp there's there's no way he outscores some of the other 9k fighters and with sado i would only roster sado if you're making over seven to ten lineups if you're making several under lineups i don't see any real reason uh to roster that fight the next fight of the night we have andrea kgb lee at a minus 235 favorite and 8.8k on DraftKings, and we have joanne calderwood the plus 185 underdog and 7.4k on DraftKings. um andrea glee i like her a lot to win this fight but like we've talked about other fighters on the cards she just doesn't have the upside that we're looking for to be end up on the optimal gpp lineup at the end of the night like she's gonna probably gonna score what somewhere between 70 and 90 and that, that's just not gonna cut it she makes a fine cash play i don't mind her at cash at all but in gpp especially in that range I mean, it, it, I don't see their reasoning unless you're maxing out GPP and you're trying to get contrarian in that range. With JoJo Calderwood, she probably has one of the safer floors on the card. She throws at a really high output. She can land takedowns of her own. Uh, just, I am Before we get into Calderwood, my, my pick for this fight is Andrea KJB Lee. I think she is the better technical striker. I think she can land some nice knees in the clinch. And I can also think she's going to land her own takedowns. JoJo only has about 60% takedown defense. And then, I mean, I guess technically JoJo could sub, her, could sub Lee off her back. I just don't see that happening. I think if she if Lee isn't going to get subbed by in her last fight, I don't see it happening here against JoJo. Uh, but like I said, Calderwood does probably have one of the safer floors on the card and could probably get you 30 to 40 points in a loss. And so if you're looking for another cash punt besides Dustin Poirier, I think JoJo Calderwood is your next safest bet to get you 30 to 30 to 40 points in a loss because like i said i am picking andrea kjb and lee to win this fight and like i said carlos diego ferreira is going to be a chalky cash punt he just doesn't have the floor that calderwood has especially in this matchup uh so calderwood is the per preferred cash punt and then i also don't mind her in gpp but i wouldn't roster in gpp unless you're making i don't know five lineups or more if you're only making three or less lineups i, I don't see any reason to roster Calderwood in gpp uh but like i said she does make a fine cash punt and should be should be able to get you 30 or so points in a loss uh the next fight of the night we have alaman azatar at 8.9k and a minus 235 favorite versus timo pakalin who comes in at 7.3k and this is actually pakalin's first fight in almost three years due to a blown out knee uh, that he heard in his last fight against Mark D. Casey, and then he actually messed it up his knee again in training, uh, as he's had two schedules, two scheduled fight that he's pulled out of in the last two and a half years. Um, so before we start things off, I'm going to pick Ottoman Azatar to pick to win this fight. I think the UFC is bringing Timu Pakalin to lose. Ottoman Azatar is a big deal in the Middle East. He's actually a really, he's really wealthy dude. Him and his brother both are, and they're extremely, extremely popular, especially with some of the Arab princes and famous people in that region. And we, I really feel like they're, they want him to put on a show in this fight. He isn't giving up five inches of reach. He's a much smaller man. 
uh, Azaitar, he, the, my concern about him is that I've seen him get rocked and dropped against lesser opponents. I've seen him get sweeped from dominant positions before against lesser opponents. And it's just because he's so overly aggressive and always looking for the finish that he leaves himself wide open. Uh, so because of that, he's not a guy I'm going to go extremely heavily on in DraftKings. Like if I'm making 10 DraftKings lineups, I'll probably be around 30 to 40% of a Zaytar. And for Timo Pakulin, I'll probably have him in one lineup. If I'm making 10, maybe two. Um, yeah, I'll probably, I would say two. Two lineups is fine if you're making 10 lineups. If you're making five lineups, I would probably have Zaytar in one or two, and then maybe Pakulin in one. Because at the end of the day, I really feel this fight's going to end in a finish, no matter who wins. And so either guy's going to score well. At the end of the day, the pick is going to be Ottoman Zaitar to win by KO. But I do think that Pakulin makes a sneaky, yet very, very risky contrarian GPP punt. Uh, because Ottoman Zaitar does put himself in some risky positions and is wide open for county shots. And it's not like Timu Pakulin is a upper scrub. I mean, the guy's, I mean, he's not good, but he's not some can. So I think he can make this competitive a while. I just think the output and the power of Zaitar is going to be too much at the end of the day, and I think he's going to get the knockout. And for the last fight of the night, we have Zabura Tukulov versus Leon Murphy. We have Leon Murphy, the cheapest fighter on the slate, 6.7K, a plus 300 dog. And Zabara, we have 9.5K and a minus 410. And Tukulov is going to be my fate of the night. This is his first fight in almost three years. Most expensive, but there's no reason why you need to pay 9.5K for him when you have Blades, Khabib, Marabek, Islam Makachev, all cheaper than that. Like, I just don't see it. I'm making 10 lineups. I'm not going to have Tukulov in any of them. Um, he's going to have a big grappling advantage in this fight. But I actually think Leon Murphy is going to get the better of the striking in this matchup. He's, gonna have, he's, an, he's a much larger man. He's going to have five inches of reach. He, he's almost... He's like a poor man's version of Leon Edwards in some ways. He doesn't have the grappling that Leon does. But as far as that slick technical boxing and uh, leg kicks... And actually he has some sneaky body kicks too. Leon Murphy... I think is being really underrated this fight. And this fight is a pure dogger pass. There's no way in hell I'm rostering Zabura Tukolov if I'm unless I'm making over twenty-five or so lineups. There's just there's no need to it. And for Murphy, I'm actually probably gonna be overweight to the field. I'm making a minimum of ten lineups, and I'm probably gonna have close to thirty percent. I'll probably have him in around two or three of my lineups. I'll have actually I think I'll I'll have him in three. So 30% Murphy as of right now. And even if he loses at 6.7K, he's the cheapest fighter on the slate. I don't see many underdogs scoring well. Even if he loses a decision and scores 25 to 30 points, is that really going to kill you on a slate like this? I don't think it is. Um, so I think Leon Murphy makes a really interesting control. I think he's going to be really, really low-owned. Maybe there might be people who do late film study and pick up on some things, but I don't see him being over 22% owned. And because of that, he is the much-preferred play, especially as the cheapest fighter in the slate. And like I said, I'm probably going to have him on about 30% of my lineups. If it kills me, it kills me. But like I said, we're really struggling on the slate 
for underdogs that have a chance to win. Uh, the next fight, we have Sarah Marais at 7.8K at plus 130 underdog versus Juja at minus 150 and 8.4K in DraftKings. And this is a horribly low-level fight. Like, it's going to be ugly. If you're making under five lineups, I don't feel like you need to roster this. Um, but then again, I wouldn't be shocked at all if either one of these girls got a submission. Juja is the better overall grappler, but I feel like Marais, even though she's not a good UFC-level fighter, she's probably more advanced at putting her skills together in MMA fights compared to Juja. But, I mean, both girls thrive when they're on the mat, but both girls also have horrific wrestling. Uh, this is such a weird fight. I'm going to pick Juju to win this fight. But from a DraftKings perspective, if you're making five or less lineups, I don't think you need a roster of this fight. If you're making 10 lineups, I don't mind taking like having 20%. Uh, Juja, maybe 10% Marais, or if you like, if you think Marais can find the sub, because Marais, when she wins her fights, she's usually an opportunistic submission threat, especially off her back. And would I be shocked at all if Juja made a mistake and got caught in an armbar? No, I would not. But I also wouldn't be shocked at all if Juju just dominated Marais, because Marais has not looked UFC level all her last few fights. Uh, so, like I said, the pick is Juja. But as far as a DraftKings perspective, I don't have much interest at all. And if you do, I mean, there's no reason you need to be over 25% in any one of these fighters in your lineups. Okay, sorry about this. is the fight. next fight of the night. We have Amari Akhmedov at 8.3K and a minus 120 favorite versus Zach Cummings at 7.9K and a plus 115 underdog. And this is another fight where, I know I've said it a lot now, I just don't have a ton of interest for it on DraftKings. I don't see either guy, sco either guy scores that high in their wins. Neither guy has a great floor in their losses. With Amari Medov, he usually has a good first round and a half until he starts to slow down. And he's he's been finished in the third round twice, and he's lost the third round in four of his UFC fights. Whereas Cummings, I feel he's the better MMA fighter, and especially the better grappler. It just said he has no output at all. And when you have a guy like Amari Akhmedov, who's going to come forward winging hooks for the first round and a half until he gasses, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the judges had Akhmedov up two rounds to zero before Cummins has a big third round and pours it on late. But at the end of the day, I, I, ugh, I just think Akhmedov is going to be the busier fighter here. And that's what's going to count more in the judges' eyes. Um, if Medov does slow down, I wouldn't be shocked if Cummins is able to get him out of there with a submission. But on the feet, it just Cummins has no output at all, and he wrestles at such a low rate. I mean, unless he's fin like I said, unless he's finishing, he just has no upside on DraftKings. And Medov, I mean, what's he going to score? Best case scenario, ninety points. Like, I don't know if that's going to cut it. So if you're making ten lineups, I don't mind if you want to have. These guys in one of your lineups, two max. But if you're making five or a few lineups, there's absolutely no reason why you need to roster either one of these guys. Uh, but the pick, like I said, is Amari Akhmedov by decision. Uh, next fight, we have Nordin Taleb at minus 120 and 8.2K on DraftKings versus Muslim Selikov, who's at plus 100 and is at 7.8K on, Draft, 7 on DraftKings. 
I'm going to pick Nordine to love to win this fight by decision, but I'm not overly confident in it. Tlaib has started to take more and more damage in recent fights, uh, and he's not able to take it like he used to. He's also getting older. He's getting a little slower on the feet. The output is starting to go down. But at the end of the day, I just think like Taleb's going to have the wrestling advantage here. We know Taleb can be a willing wrestler, and I think he's going to have to be to win this fight here because with Muslim Selikov, he has no real output on the feet at all. But he, when he does throw, he throws to kill. Like he throws to end the fight. I mean, it's either massive spinning strikes or massive punches or massive kicks. You name it, but there's just no output there. It's one strike at a time. He'll reset and then he'll dart back in to land another one. Um, and I just don't trust that to be able to take out a guy like Nordin Taleb, even though he's probably on the downside of his career. And also with Muslim Solikov, he leaves himself wide open for takedowns. And when he does get taken down, he's really shown no real ability to get off his back and get back to his feet. Um, even though I picked Nordin Taleb to win this fight, I think both guys make interesting GPP plays, even though I wouldn't be shocked at the end of the day if this turned into a bit of a staring match where the winner scored 65 points. But I do think both guys have passive victory where they can win by finish. Uh, Taleb, probably through takedowns and ground and pound, and also Muslim Solikov through a one-punch KO on the feet or rocking Taleb and getting ground and pound. Like I said, I'm going to pick Taleb to win this fight. Sorry about my dog, guys. Um, but again, I think it's going to be a fairly low-scoring slate this week because it's, what, about six or seven fights now that I said I just don't have a ton of interest in. Uh, but obviously, as we know, we're going to have to make, take a stance somewhere. And I think this is a fight where the winner, even though, like I said, if it goes to a decision, they're not going to score well. But if there's a finish in this fight, I have a feeling the winner is going to end up on the optimal lineup of the night. So, I, in my opinion, it's one of the best fights to target for GPP. And I really think that, like I said, we're struggling for 7K fighters who have a chance to win. And if Muslim Selikov wins, it's going to be by KO. Uh, so I don't mind taking a couple shots on him if you're making double-digit lineups. Mutaleb, uh, I don't mind him in cash, although he's, I don't love it. But I also think he makes an interesting like single-entry GPP play to a 3-max GPP play. Uh, I don't know about his upside in like a... 20 max to 150 max GPP. Um, but I do like him to win this fight. Uh, so saying that, I will have a cheat sheet out tomorrow morning after weigh-ins that will go with a podcast. Uh, good luck with your bets. Good luck with your lineups. Please give me a follow on Twitter at RampageFan420 and be out for a lookout for the cheat sheet that will be out tomorrow morning. Peace, guys.